Hello and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. I am Giles Alderson. This is part two of the Stolen Special with our fantastic team, Gillian McGregor, Emily Corcoran and Neil Johnson. Joining us is my co-host, Christian James. We're just going to jump straight in. This is fantastic. Enjoy. Thank you, Giles. That's amazing. How have you been, dude? What have you been doing? Good. Um, I have been... So I've been doing a series of... Uh, like little mini ads for for a should we say a major high street store without we don't advertise They're Tesco not, yeah yeah okay Tesco <laughs> um, and that's the cast of children so and as we talked about before on previous mm-hmm. podcasts I have a double life as a I direct tend to direct horror, horror comedy and then I'm not doing that the day job is directing kids sports stars generally that it's a very strange end of the spectrum yeah yeah, yeah. adverts rather than just directing kids oh yeah no, I just go to I just <laughs> turn up at school playgrounds yeah. and I'm I going just, to direct you now I love telling just do this kid yeah just tell kids what to do it's uh, a great pastime. but no, so I've been doing that yep. and then Fanged Up is, is kind of we're on that sort of strange uh, exit ramp now so the film mm. there was all that sort of panic to get it finished for Fright Fest in August that got done it yep. had it sort of like uh, 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 I say, well, well, yeah, world, world premiere. premiere, but it's sort of a weird kind of like it was a strange world premiere slash testing ground. You know, how is it going to go down? Yeah. Um, but then there's there's all talk, there's talks of deals and blah blah blah. Love that. I don't really, I just love keep well out of, of it. So it's gone very quiet now. And and as okay. of the, yeah, this time last year, I was ramping up to make a new feature. It's exciting mm-hmm. now. Like uh, I'm sort of wondering in the wilderness like a hobo what's next yeah of, of you know um where am i going now then um well know. i yeah oh no so half, sec- half second <laughs> yeah go charles on. what are you been up to why thanks for asking Christian. No worries. um i'm doing the dare pickups the final bit of pickups and i'm going over there for post-production to lock my film it's very exciting i can't wait going over back to bulgaria seeing all my team gerald butler will be there um, oh doing pickups back on hunter wow. killer He's uh, not on your film. He's just there he's, on another. He's film. just oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you'll hunt him out. Yes, yeah. I will hunt him out. And Hellboy's Maybe there filming Maybe he could do some well. ADR for you or something. Just yeah, just have. go hey, right? yeah. yeah, something like that. Really yeah. deep and yeah. um. Excellent. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, guys. thanks so much. And, uh, okay. Tune in next week Pleasure. for uh, yeah. Cheers. Bye bye. Good. Nice hearing your story. Yeah. Thanks for coming, guys. Great. That's so funny to hear that big list of credits. You know, Masaka and yeah. Chips. So how me and M met, mm. this was like 10 years ago. And I was helping cast a film I was working on at the time called Father's Day with um, Will Gilby, which yes. was great. And we needed um, the mum for the little boy. And I saw Emily's showreel and it was just perfect. And I remember it was super a super quick casting process. And it was that film that got you cast in Father's Day, which is how we met oh, and how, how we all met. But it was a comedy. I know, but there was but back then you were funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was it was that mixed in with your other work in context that made it clear that you were very an ex- well, you were an excellent actress. What made so. you? What was the what was the what was the common bond between you guys? Um, well, Jill and I just I think probably because we wore a number of hats, we kind of connected because we both wrote, we both were in production teams. She, Jill hates it. I mean, I hate producing, but she mm. really hates it, so she doesn't do it. I'm not very good at it. Um, she is good at it. She just doesn't like it. Um, and then there was. <laughs> the acting bit too so we kind of clicked because um both of us love acting the most Mm -hmm. i think that was a common denominator but we were creating our own stuff and then neil i just really liked him that's a nice way to do it, though. Isn't isn't it? It? Nice we were way introduced, to we were introduced yeah. by the exec producer Julia Palau, who mm-hmm. had produced Keeping Mum. Yeah, right. Um, okay. And before that, she was J and M Entertainment, yeah. the sales and, agents. And oh, she, yeah. she, they still going those guys? Are they still? No, no, not J and M. No, yeah. just yeah. a separate entity. That's yeah. not important. Right? It's just J. Just J. Yeah. And M. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and, and she said to me, um, I'd, I'd had a director drop out, a, a, another established director, and, um, but he was a little bit old. Right. And and Julia said, you know, I think you need a young buck. I think Which, you way need... back then I was. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think you need See that. somebody enthusiastic who'll really get on board and, and help drive it forward. And and that was very much the case. And boy, was I lucky that he was willing to be on board because he was on board for six years. Several years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and didn't you guys make The Fight Room together as a, yes. a short mm-hmm. film? Yeah. Okay, tell us about that. How did that come about? Well, I have always been interested in action cinema and whenever my husband, as you know, Mike Fury is a, a, an action cinema nut. So and my, he's very good at it, by the way. He's yeah, brilliant choreographer. No, he's great. And he, um, we have, basically, we have this wall at home, a DVD wall is literally covered with mm. his, like, Steven Seagal films. I mean, it's, well, it's crazy. Never mind. He's gone so, yeah, yeah, anyway. People liked so, um, him a minute ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so moving on from that, um, I always wanted to do some action bits and I'd written Hit Girls, which had gone really well. Um, with Joey answer as well right? yeah, yeah so that's how I met Joey on mm-hmm. Hit Girls and he choreographed it and it was my first experience of a real uh, action scene and I, I loved it so the fight room came about where I had this idea about female fighters who had been kidnapped and forced to fight in an underground tournament and um, I'd written a, an extremely violent <laughs> <laughs> um, like half a feature really but it, things take so much time like if you're going to get something made, you really need to be fully into it. And it, it just, other things in my life were going on. And then um, I mentioned it to Emily, who loved it, who then mentioned it to Neil, who also loved it. And then together we wrote um, a pilot script. So We did. And it, um, it came out fairly well, actually. We got into the New York Television Festival. Great. Can people watch this film now? Is it online? Only on Vimeo. You can watch it. Okay, it's on our websites. It's on everyone's websites. Which on the Cork Films website, corkfilms.co.uk. Yeah, and I'll put all the links to this in the show notes. So just click on those as well. Neil, let's talk about your start because you did the Big Swap. Yeah, um, which is a feature film about swinging. Yeah, wife swapping. Yeah, yeah. How did that come about? Well, that came <laughs> about as a result of trying to find the script that I could raise money to direct that, exactly. that would Perfect. not prevent other people from saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the first film I directed was a horror film called Dawn, as in oh. as in the sunrise rather than Sharon. Um, it was about vampires. Um, it was a vampire kind of love story. Um, love vampires. We've all yeah, been both. Me more recently than Giles, but yeah, yeah. Done I made that in '91. I made it for about 10 grand. And at the time, Kim Newman said it was the best horror movie shot on video that he'd ever seen. And then they go, fucking well, make Blair Witch Project. Yeah. So that probably Brilliant. blew that out of the water. Yeah. So, what, and, oh, yeah, so what do you shoot on and, and how did that come up? Just very, very, I, know, I can imagine this is a whole... Slightly embarrassingly shitty probably, actually. It was, it was beta, it was beta cam. Mm. It was, um, uh, and it was uh, high band umatic. Back in the days I was making, so I, I graduated from Bristol University in the mid 80s, mm-hmm. went into training films and industrial films, ploughed that money back, realised I was shit at shorts. <laughs> I just couldn't make shorts, they turned into bad jokes. Right. So I, I, I wrote Dawn as this 75, 80 minute uh, vampire romance, and made a feature length for about 10, 15 grand. Like I say, it got well received, and Jonathan Ross liked it at the time when he was just beginning to start out. Love it. And I got a few screenings, but it, it was clear it could go nowhere. But 
but it kind of but I had British Screen which at that time was the like the Creative England yeah, the I had them saying the make a few more of these and then sooner or later we have to take you seriously which is a bit like someone saying we're not taking you seriously <laughs> until you do more um, and I wrote uh, a number of horror movies after that and White Noise came out of ideas I'd had since I was about 18 years old that I was starting to pull out these ideas and go oh I'll write that yeah. and the horror films I was writing just got too big but a guy called Vic Bateman, who was Victor Film. Yeah, Vic Film. Yes, yeah, yeah. Victor Film. He, he looked at uh, Dawn and he, he was a real champion of mine, actually. And he was just saying, you've got to write smaller if you want to direct them. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a horror movie that was too big, mm-hmm. a horror movie that wasn't as big and got more character-based. Okay. And that's where the big swap, which is a long way back to where big swap came from. Okay. It was more character based. And I got obsessed with the characters rather than the horror. Um, and I began to realize, actually, I could do that. I could write character as well. And then I'd had the idea uh, of a wife swap. I had an idea, actually, a film about relationships falling apart. And also an idea about a group of people who think they can wife swap because they're all friends. But they think they've got, that's the safety net. But sure. in fact, it's what pushes them apart. And I thought, I'll put those two together. And Reservoir Dogs had been released and that the shock of the violence and stuff. And I thought, I'm going to try and do that, that, that kind of attitude, but with sex. So the idea with Big Swap was to have something that people will think they've seen everything happen, and they haven't. It's all, you know, everyone's naked in between the sex act, but in those days the sex act had to be quite restricted because it was made in the mid-90s. Um, but that itself took my life savings, my now wife's life savings, cast and crew deferrals. It was scary. It was scary. Really? I got three credit card applications land on my doorstep at once, and I actually thought, I wonder if I fill them in at the same time. Instead of, I got three credit cards. I couldn't, oh, wow. couldn't afford to pay them. It was scary. Yeah. It got picked up by a, a sales agency. Mia Bays, who mm-hmm. uh, she, she works at yep. that sales agency, Mayfair Entertainment, they sold the film to Film 4 when Mick Southworth was at Film she's 4. She's now at Film London, I think. Yeah, Mia Bays. Yeah, yeah. yeah, big name in independent mm-hmm. cinema and, and, and especially mm-hmm. championing women's mm. cinema um but mayfair entertainment went bust just as the film was being released so Brilliant. you you saw and it got picked up by intermedia but you saw i saw the career of a movie get very affected by the business mm. of film okay. um but it kind of got me a bit noticed mm-hmm. um and uh it got theatrically released uh, it got Amazing. banned in Singapore because of pubic hair, which is great. That was a bit of a fuss. <laughs> because yeah. of yes. pubic hair? Yes, because of pubic hair. Not, not literally, there was an accidental pubic hair. So it was <laughs> they thought they saw pubic, you know, there was no hair in the gate in that regard. <laughs> uh, and also, it was um, the BBFC had to screen it three times because they were convinced they could see a hard-on and penetration, which they absolutely couldn't. <gasps> but we didn't we didn't disabuse them of that notion mm-hmm. because it got talked about that there's this film that they had to screen maybe three times just in case. Maybe they just got really aroused They saw their own hard-on. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Maybe around that time, but you had, what was it, the Kerry Russell? You had a few around that time. Yes, you? just uh, shortly. Nine songs. Shortly you know, afterwards. Yeah, which was so yeah. Michael Winterbottom yeah. yeah, I think they, they pushed sex in cinema that far. I mean, Big Swap was just before then. We were actually toying with a prosthetic kind yeah. of hard-on or something, and then we kind of, even that might have been risky, and then yeah. suddenly... Um, but actually, Kevin Howard, <laughs> were toying somebody, with the Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Howard, <laughs> <Kevin Howard's laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, and he was in uh, the Ghost of Gravel Lodge as well. Um, so that was the that was the first adventure. He got some doors open, but uh, I think because of the nature of the film and the fact that it, it pretty much had an unknown cast, it was hard to push. But it kind of you know it did its bit, and then it sort of disappeared. And after that, it was it was back to trying to find the, the piece that would knock a few more. It was constantly the doors open, they close again, they open again. Did it not give? Again. Did it open the doors to an agent? Did it open the doors to? It more did at the time. Uh, no, not not. Initially, but luckily, uh, one of the guys who funded it, Noel Cronin, um, who was Dandelion Distribution and then Renowned Pictures, he funded Ghost of Greville Lodge mm-hmm. as a TV movie, okay. uh, a 250 grand TV movie, and it had George Cole and Prunella Scales. Mm-hmm. And his biggest advice it was a ghost story, traditional haunted house 
family haunted house story about three weeks before the uh or the prep began he actually said could you set this at christmas because i think if we set it at christmas it'll always be on every christmas Christmas, which it is Mm. i mean i think Mm -hmm. it's just screened on channel five i've just my mom just texted me christmas time Yeah, yeah yeah and he was dead right so just just quickly rebooting a few scenes. Grabbed a Christmas few Christmas trees. Yeah, few yeah. Lights. Had a, had a creepy bit with some baubles falling off because of a ghost, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Made something of Christmas actually within the ghostness of the story. Mm-hmm. It absolutely has meant it's it's sold all the time and it's never been off the screens at Christmas. Fantastic. Didn't do Shane Black any harm, so, you know, yeah, exactly. so there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we, yeah. In fact, we, we, we started with our second feature. We, it, it was always, always set at Christmas, that's the point of it. But again, it's always now... On TV at Christmas, so we kind of kept it. Yeah, yeah. zombie comedy also. Yeah, too, yeah. So season. the fight room at Christmas. Yeah. Yes, that's it. We're done. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think actually, it's all your scripts from now yeah. on. Always at Christmas. Or, or Easter. Open on Christmas. Well, I'm working on a I'm working on a romantic comedy script. My agent just the other day said you should try and plug Christmas in there because rom coms at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. actually, it's just yeah. it's just just yeah. print the, holiday, the money yeah. and every the holiday yeah. as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them. There seems to be this notion that if you get an agent you break you know you, you make a film you break through you get an agent you're done it's not that simple no uh, the agent i have now is not the agent i had then mm. i would just say um but i won't mention any names but no it didn't it i think with an agent it's weird we, in la uh, versus britain in la you have managers who take care of your career and when you're writing a spec script they're almost like a development team and they'll give you notes and that they'll they'll see you through thick and thin and you'll speak with them every week mm-hmm. in la you get an agent and it's only if you've got heat under you that they can do anything for you mm, in right. britain i always think the british agents are more like a mixture of managers and agents but you still need to have the heat and it's that horrible vicious circle mm. they can help get you to places they can help get you in front of people I, i'm i'm lucky i'm really fortunate white noise is a massive break keeping mum was another massive break and i've got enough credits either side of those two including stolen a mum's list where there's a there's a you know you have to have that little bit of credibility i guess for them to get you through the door but then you've got to do the rest of the work and and they can only do so much and i think the frustrating thing when you're starting out is you do believe that you get an agent and they're going to find you work but they've also got other people on their books who are maybe more fitted to that project mm-hmm. and if you're someone who's writing your own material or, or devising your own material somehow they've got to they've got to come out someone shepherd you through that development process um and hope that you come out with something that they can actually market even just as an agent it's all about you have to create your own value that they then can spend on on your behalf, mm. and that can get really frustrating. You can you can spend a lot of time, energy, or that's what I say to people. You spend a lot of energy chasing an agent. Why don't you just take that energy and, and go out and make something? Make something. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. If yeah. You, you know they'll yeah. when you need one, they'll probably yes. Be there, In, yeah. You know, Interestingly, not. from a producerial point of view, mm. I respond much better to the director getting in touch with me directly. Yeah. Um, but okay. I'm very small. Um, in comparison to, I suppose, bigger production companies that need more to filter because they're like working title, mm, whatever they're no, yeah, all the time. Mm. I would also say, absolutely, for directors, particularly if they're creating their own work and writing and stuff, it is completely different to if you're an actor. Mm, yeah. And um, and uh, I'm just not sure. Aside from making sure your deal's really good as well and doing the legals for you, so you don't have to worry about it. I just, 
until unless you were just absolutely huge, I just don't know how much difference it made. Yes, after after White Noise, when I'd written White Noise, and it was being and the writing, you yes. the writing yeah. Yeah, side was yeah. changing. That's really big. Tiered mm-hmm. system, and you got to yeah. like make sure payments come out. And the writing yes. makes sense, yes. of course. But yeah, I think but they, I was, my manager, I got managers in LA as a result of the script of White Noise, and they introduced me to a load of agents. Who then I picked an agency, Paradigm in LA. They then got me in front of all the studios, and there was heat because mm-hmm. White Noise was had been bought by Gold Circle. It was going to be in production a few months later and i i experienced that fierce heat yeah. for about a year um either side of white noise being made and were then you prepped do you have other scripts lined up as they always say you should oh, do that's so hard yeah. i didn't and it really ah. backfired i didn't if i'd have had another horror spec because white noise is a spec script yeah the, the gold circle pit if i'd had another horror spec um it would have sold for quite a chunk of money oh, yeah and, and having that, something should have called written, me so. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'd yeah. have gone halves. <laughs> time, you know, and I didn't. I, I had ideas. In fact, well, I pitched an idea. I, I was commissioned to write a reincarnation thriller based on a pitch of mine. It wasn't a script, though. But I, uh, Universal hired me to write that. Mm-hmm. And it's sitting on a shelf somewhere. Um, but that was one of my ideas. And it was when my manager said, that. well, have you got another one? It's like, yeah. But, I mean, could you write it? And I tried. But I was really busy with keeping mum starting to come to life. Yeah. And then my other big lesson was at the point when uh, White Noise was released... Um, and it did really well. It was January, and it did incredibly well. Because surprise hit, wasn't it? I remember it being <clears throat> a not. Yeah, it was a sort of a sleeper hit. I suppose. Well, it was because no, no yeah. one, not many films had released in January. It was known as the Graveyard, mm. and Paul Brooks of Gold Circle Films, to his credit, thought, "I'm going to slip in white noise here," and it changed release patterns. The, the January sort of horror release uh, was actually started by White Noise, and it, at the time, it broke a box office record in wow. the US. It's mm. been superseded pretty swiftly, but it did for like non sequel. Uh, kind of January release. They stole the thunder of that Kevin Costner, Co- uh, 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 Tom Shadyac film, wasn't it? Yes. The horror. Yes. It sort of... God, oh, what's that yeah. called? But I remember it kind of, it yeah. kind of came but in and yes. yeah. stole their thunder. Kevin Costner, I think there were a few, few actors circling White Noise for exactly that reason. There was a point uh, where kind of, the, you know, this is the, the healthily middle-aged actor yeah. getting a career revival. <laughs> but it was being released <laughs> when I was very busy shooting Keeping Mum. Right. That was the other interesting thing about career Pat and I could I had to say no to all the horror scripts that I was offered to rewrite in in LA because I was busy shooting <gasps> keeping mum and it only takes about five six seven eight months for them to go well you're saying no to everything we won't send yeah why you, one. what kind of stuff were you offered? offered can you you know what kind of stuff were the you fog uh, wow. rewrite the fly yeah. uh, a new version of the fly which I did toy with um, the white noise sequel which I then didn't uh, get involved in uh, I can't remember about two or three others yeah. but I, I wrote for. But Tempted? It, it, did you come close to any any point? You sort of um, well, the fly I was I was dallying with because I was looking at macro nanotechnology and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean literally, I was having to turn them down because we were we were starting the shoot of Keeping Mum a month after the the release of White Noise. Wow. Okay. So I was getting a flurry of offers and just had to say I, I can't. I'm, I'm oh, doing something. Wow. You must have just wanted to shoot yourself. And, yeah. then, and then they said, "Well, have you got? Well, have you managed to write another spec, another horror yeah, spec?" Because yeah. it could. No, I've been busy prepping, keeping mum, and I was like the big, 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 big. Lesson. And it's a totally different genre as well. Yeah, which confuses the industry because it's like, okay, <laughs> oh, yeah. and then you get offered lots of crappy comedies because ah. they go, "He's a comedy guy now because of keeping mum." Um, that's interesting yeah and, 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 but now you've got to that point where surely people go well actually he's just a director in his own well, right well they should do look he's just done a western <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's it you need to tick every box yeah, yeah. that's true I'd say I, I hit a wilderness though I'd say mm-hmm. after keeping mum about two or three years a couple of projects that fell through the credit crunch killed a couple okay. um, and I turned down a lot of comedies because my taste in comedy, I suppose, is a bit more specific, and then began to realise actually, when you turn something down, maybe you use the kind of way of turning something down that keeps you in the project. And I gradually learnt to say, I really like the idea. 
I would want to approach it in a completely That's different clever. way. We've talked about this mm. in a, a bit recently in a similar kind of way. Like, you know, you feel... I think film school breeds this kind of like your... Is it director for hire type stuff? Which yeah. we both experienced quite yeah. recently. And it's quite interesting to say, actually, you know, I turned a few things down, but maybe I should have found something in it I could have looked at. Well, I, I think because that's what that's what I started to when I'd say to someone, I really love the idea of a producer, I really love the idea, but I'd want to restart with a script. Mm. I can stop there, or I can then tell you what uh, what my concerns were and, and then go yeah go on then and if we had that conversation the amount of times i said so would you be considering to, to give it a go and if we can get some development money mm-hmm. it's like shit why didn't i do that for the first three years yeah, yeah, sure. of saying no so i definitely hit that wilderness period for a good few years where you're off every radar i was writing all mm-hmm. the time i was lucky enough to, to be paid to write so i was earning a living and have done since um since just before white noise i guess um but but it's tough and I think, you know, you go into, you come out of film school and everyone wants to be like a Tarantino. You want to be an auteur. You want to have sure. a brand to your name. And then gradually you realise you just want to tell stories in film form or televisual form. Mm-hmm. And that means you should be more flexible and should sometimes be for hire. Um, mm. And actually, the fight room, going back to that, was an opportunity where it was very much, it was very much you guys, very much Emily and, and Gillian. I thought, here's a chance to come in. And obviously, the director's privilege is to have some say over the script and how it shapes up. But to kind of go, what did you, what did you guys want? Mm, with this yeah. and I'll deliver it in a professional it's the first time I'd done that oh, I'd always okay. written stuff and obviously the stolen we were working on together but mm-hmm. but that was in development it wasn't happening this was a chance to come in quite late in the process it felt like with the fight room well it happened just, so quick didn't yes, it yeah, that yeah. so it was like a mini version of being that for hire someone else's vision but just trying to deliver it mm, like yeah. professionally you know, and pull it off. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was really good. Not because, therefore, you're less responsible. You're utterly responsible still, but it just came from a different place, and it was a, a good way of trying that out, actually. I thoroughly enjoyed it. There you go. Really thoroughly enjoyed it. We need to jump back to some more our origin stories as well, don't we? So let's jump back to oh, Sisterhood, gosh. then. Was yeah. Sisterhood was your first one, right? No, I produced oh, wow. lots of short films ah, okay. before then. Um, and was it, was it, a, is it as an actor... Mm. Producing to sort of like produce uh, to be in to, them, yeah, yeah. Pro- became and actually became good producers because they ended up trying to make stuff than to be in. Actually, like, oh, actually, yeah, pointing. I'm quite yeah. good yeah. yeah. pointing, so, and that's uh, you. you very, I mean, people in film school they all want to be directors. Yeah, you know, they don't grow up dreaming of being a producer, but it's it I think sucks. Yeah, it does. It's tough. It's hard. Hard. My mum and dads always go, "What does a producer do?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, we go. What does they, a producer they do? They ask me what I do. No one knows. What the hell do you do? I don't know myself. Just point. Yeah, direct children. My wife across the road says. She says, all you do is you go somewhere for a day and you just point at things. <laughs> and that's my... It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever she's come to Hard set, to that's what she's seen. Yeah. Over there. Yeah. Point, point, <laughs> over there. Point, yeah. And that's, it's like, yeah, I guess that's as simple as my job is. Um, so it was, a, it was that sort of like, right, I need to be in some things. I'll, 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 so you became a producer by... Yeah, default, I mean, um, default, yeah. the initial thing that happened was I, during drama, drama school, I'd had a holiday job that a temp agency had put me into in a corporate video company. And I literally was making tea. I mean, literally, that was all I was doing, or stapling things. <laughs> and then I, I came in, I was 18 or whatever, and they said, oh, the production manager's sick, so you're doing it. <laughs> and I said, what? What are you talking about? I've never. Yeah, I, I made I, the tea. Got a, yeah, what are you, and they said, "Oh, better the devil you know." Shrugged <laughs> and walked a off. Good and like point. You know, back yeah. then, the, it was it wasn't the internet. You know, it was literally um, production books and phoning and faxing and stapling and giving people lots of paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many trees died, so that was initially how I started. And then um, when I left drama school, interestingly. 
yes is the answer about the acting to producing, but more so the writing to producing. So initially I, I left drama school and I, I didn't get a great agent or anything. Nothing, nothing had, was really happening and I was finding it very frustrating sitting around waiting. Mm -hmm. So um, I, my my mum, who I have a lot to thank for, really, um, did Birthing say... Birthing for one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good start. <laughs> that's a good start. Just, yes, that was the start of many things. Um, and, of all and, the people you could have popped out of. Yes, yes luckily it, it was, was your her. mother. Yes, it was her. <laughs> Joyous. Thank you, Meryn. She'll listen to this. Um, and she said, well, you were always good as a kid. No, sorry, I'll do a New Zealand accent. You were always really good at writing when you were a kid. When you were seven, you used to illustrate your own books. I think books. Okay, so I used to write these books and then illustrate them. So... In Amazing. a way, she was right. So I wrote this thing, and the only director I knew in the real world who hadn't directed me at drama school was through a friend of mine, I'll check name him, um, Adam Lees, um, who had worked with a guy called James Erskine. And I don't know, James is really successful now. Mm. And he had just done some documentaries at the BBC. But for, to me, he was a director at the BBC. And I sent him the script, and he actually phoned me and said, this is really good, I, I want to make it. Was this like a short film? Or a it was a short film. film, it's called The Invitation, and, and um, I, he even found producers and everything, and at one point wow. there was all these famous people who were going to be in it and everything, but the producers dropped out three weeks before we were due to shoot. So again, my mother went, oh, you used to help me all the time at the office, she'd be brilliant, why don't you produce it? <laughs> Little <laughs> did she those know. Those guys are mm. idiots. <laughs> Correct, so, they so, are. So your mum's a good manager. Yeah, she, your mum's major. She's absolute publicist manager. Yeah. Like she's like the ultimate Catholic Jewish mum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I kind of listened to her, and she went, "Oh, you know, I'll help you a bit." And um, she uh, obviously did. But I'd also done so many telephone sales jobs, being an out of work actor. Mm -hmm. I got so good on the telephone. And I managed to get Sony to sponsor it. And we were the first film to be shot on HD um, that used a Steadicam. Great. And then we ended up being used all the time as an example, and like in trade shows and at Cannes and all that, mm -hmm. as an example of um, film, like against film. So to show how much it looked like film when you couldn't and tell the difference. Perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. So, and Sally Phillips was in it, and um, Francis Raphael, and it was um, decent yeah, it was cast. Really good. Yeah, 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 it wasn't Your bad. First short. Were you in it as well? No. Okay. So this was the thing. He, uh, James, wouldn't let me be in it, and I wasn't really strong enough to. He's gone to down argue. in my book. I He's know. gone down. Yeah. <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair to to be fair to James, I mean Sally Phillips is pretty funny. She's she? very funny. She, she's the ultimate funny lady and um he is from his perspective he must have been thinking you've just out of drama school i'm not gonna really get involved with this unless i can work with proper actors and clearly he didn't think i was well oh. <laughs> you've proved him wrong yes. oh yes well you put in the time since yeah, yeah. that's it that's, that's the story it. that is the story yeah, yeah. Is it someone puts you down the, and you you, yeah. you want to yeah. fight that yeah. and keep yeah. going against so that was my actually my first Producing amazing, and then yeah. you, you let's talk about um, 
Let's talk about sisterhood. Sure. So yeah. this is your feature from. Tell us about it because you're the, the lead in this. It's it's funny. It's yeah. interesting. Tell us a story. Okay. So we had well, probably a bit similar to it's a, an ongoing common theme with most um, filmmakers. We'd got very far down the line with mm-hmm. a big Celtic Roman film called um, To Love and Conquer. I mean, we're talking really far, like big names attached, okay. um, distributors wanting it, money in place, and it was um, I think. It was called Black Tuesday when oh. the sale and leaseback fell oh. fell yeah. through, yes. and I don't. Yes. And the yeah. film literally collapsed. Oh. It was all based upon that forty percent you used to be able to get in the UK, which yeah. damn it, you should be able to still. But never mind. I was devastated. I've been on that film for a long time. And eventually, I'm sorry, I can't believe I'm going to say this. My mother went. (laughs) (laughs) Is your mum available? (laughs) I need some counselling. She's going to love that. Some one on one. In in the show notes, let's put a link to her website. But she literally went. Emily, why don't you do something a little bit smaller where we can all just pitch in? We'll just ask, get, we'll have a party, we'll get people to pay for tickets and then we can ask people to put in, you know, £100 there or £50 there and then you never know, just make something. Wow. So effectively, <laughs> she was. She helped me arrange this party and we literally had the first crowdfunding film ever made, or not ever made, but sure. in the sense of we had no internet resource so there was no platform like Mm -hmm. there are now and it literally went from word of mouth and um we raised the money in from 50 pound portions up to i think the biggest was five thousand pound portions wow how much do you raise well we rose we rose we raised in the end seventy five thousand pounds but not really till the end i mean all through the process. As you were going, yeah. yeah. So I worked as out. Shooting, as you were shooting it. Yeah. Right. So mm. I, I worked out I needed the minimum was £20,000 to say, right, we can start. Yeah. So I'd written it also to be, um, so it's, it's set in New Zealand and and in London. Mm. And so it was all based upon locations I could get my hands on. Sure. In New Zealand, my uncle owns a lighting company. So it's quite funny when you watch the, the, the film... <laughs> New Zealand's like really glossy and looks like amazing and you mm-hmm. know and then the London ones which was the greater portion of the shoot it was a little bit greyer yeah <laughs> dark <laughs> miserable London raining. Well, so. also well, you know <laughs> potentially maybe there's no cranes and there's no yeah. <laughs> you know ah, yeah. sliders and stuff mm-hmm. like that so um and me being in it was wonderful it was probably the you know one of the funnest things I've ever done um and it was also very good for me acting wise I got a manager out of it and all sorts of things and won an award and got nominated for awards and stuff how did you Um, sell it how did it how did you get it from you finishing it with your money your friend's money and getting it yeah well it was it it was tough I had contacts obviously because I'd been trying to produce this other film and for whatever reason perhaps hopefully because I presented myself well, they were respectful enough to help me out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I found a producer's rep um, who I'd sort of been working with. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that to people out there. Um, Why is that? um, Because they effectively, what they're doing is your homework for you Mm. and um, they're finding you a sales agent and then they take commission on top of the sales agent taking commission. Sure. And you've got to really weigh up the usefulness of that and um 
they also have the often have their own agenda because they're linked with um, a particular sales company or a particular distributor, and maybe they get a deal with them in some way. Yeah. There's all sorts of political reasons why they may guide you towards sure. a place. Whereas if you're looking and researching yourself, um, you're much better off. It's really, really tough when you're first starting out, but my advice is to try and get mentored by a producer who knows better. Mm, and okay. um, that was also the case with me. I, I was fortunate to be mentored by um, uh, Joseph de Marai from Blue Dolphin mm-hmm. and uh, Judy Cunahan through from the other film. And so I had had this advice. I had got a DVD deal for um, Sisterhood in the UK, but no theatrical. And he managed to book, um, great, it was great fun. He booked the small Odeon in Leicester Square and we had it for a week but you know what? We sold out. We sold out for that week. And Incredible. it was brilliant. Yeah. And it was uh, because of all the New Zealanders. It started and then they heard about it. And then they all started. Coming. Hen parties started to come. Wow. <laughs> and then on the last day, people were turned away. And it was such a shame because it, it had snowballed. But of course, Bond was going in the next day. So, so we couldn't, couldn't stay. On, and then America that. got sold. Both America and New Zealand, Australia got sold by me personally, not by the sales agent. So that also goes to show, you know. So America was through an internet platform. I was connected to some guy on social networks, something like a LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And he looked at it, loved it and bought it. And then um, uh, same with the Kiwis I just got in touch with and they they took it. And it had won awards and things by then. So people, there's already a buzz. Yeah, yeah, they were like, and and the humour appealed to americans i think but great so you managed to do that so yeah. what did you think from then you were going to carry on producing to be in films or did you what was next what did you do oh good question well stolen Thank really you. had started to formulate even back then so because it's it's been going for a while i had what was great about sisterhood and producing it meant that i didn't have to do um you know, telephone sales jobs anymore. Yeah. So I started to get hired um, and my day job became, you know, often hand-holding first-time feature directors who were on low budgets but had raised the money. That was one thing that I just wouldn't do. And on a couple of occasions I had to go in and rescue them um, because they hadn't actually raised enough. <laughs> so you had a sort of reputation for being a fixer in many ways or, or sort of facilitating... They literally wouldn't know the their ass from their elbow. Yeah. I mean, like, it would be... Oh, I can relate to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not going to tell them... Yeah. I, I'm not going to tell them how to direct, but I would put in crew that... Yeah, yeah. Them. The but world. the whole functioning of the upper level of... of um, Crewing up, scheduling, uh, you know, getting sponsors. I'd get them sponsors. I'd get them, yeah, a, a fi- as a producer, a fixer. Yes, I suppose a producer. Yeah. But I would I would follow it all the way through to distribution. Sometimes I didn't need to. I could leave it post. Um, stuff like the tax credit and all that, you know. Right. They just, it, it's, it's, unless you know yeah. what you're doing, it, it's... Um, a minefield. It is a minefield. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, um, so for me, it it allowed me to earn a living from being in the film business and that was really really good for my self-esteem if yeah. nothing else of course yeah and i and i at least enjoyed um being with uh, other people who were like-minded that period when you're talking about emily of that work that was when we first got together i remember talk, the conversation where your your cv was building up well i mean it's crazy well i've up. produced 11 or 12 mm. feature films that's huge. i mean it Amazing. is it's pretty and that yeah. that's in yeah. nine years so wow. that's a, 
because I would also I worked out ways of um, participating that whether it be in um, facilitating finance and things like that too. So there were ways that I could get involved now I'm quite wary just everybody out there who might write to me (laughs) um, of taking stuff on um, unless you know is because it's just so much work Mm -hmm. and so um, I'm really focused on uh, producing from scratch things that I've written um, or I'm creatively involved in because it's just you know it's just really hard but sometimes if it's a co-producer or associate producer thing where I can just help a bit on the side mm-hmm. then I'm quite open do, do we just jump back and get oh, a Gillian. bit of yeah, I don't Gillian's have, beginnings I don't have yeah. any cool <clears throat> beginnings great well, moving on then, uh, <laughs> then I don't have then. any cool stories <laughs> no we don't need you what was your what was your what was the moment what got you into it what was the what was the thing that it's funny what you said about this this person telling you um, or not letting you be in the in the film so I, that's happened to me a couple of times in my life mm-hmm. So when I was at school and I was applying for drama school, um, it was a music teacher at the time and she told me not to bother. Wow. And um, not to put all my eggs in the one basket. Okay. I've and, had those similar things. Yeah. Yeah. Give up the pipe dream. You know, yeah, give it yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah. And I was, you know, 16 or something and absolutely devastated mm. by this person's words. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, what and um, and then I right. thought, well, fuck, fuck you, fuck this. I'm gonna do it anyway, mm-hmm. um, and I did, and I got in. So Brilliant. yeah, and that was amazing. So off I went. Right, I got a musical straight out of drama school, and then I got my first film, and then that was it. Do so you want a bit of a role? By the way, you know, you, you or is it just? Is, I think, I think it you, sounds better than it actually was. Than like, actually do you know what I mean? Because you know what it's like as an actor. You, yeah. Well, and you're never earning much. Are no, you? no, yeah. That's true, yeah. Just the difference between stage and screen acting, and having and, and having no idea. Because this was back in the days where you didn't watch playback. Yeah. This mm. was you know way mm. back, so mm. I had no idea what was coming out. And God bless them for sticking with me. But yeah, and there's a couple of films I did after that and I watch them back and I think, how were you, how did someone think, oh, she's great, let's put her in this film because I was shit. Do you, it's I mean, just, are you, are you, were you honestly shit or do you think no, this was yeah, just yeah. your no. opinion? I reckon she was. Yeah. I she <laughs> no, was. I was. Only because I was too straight out of drama yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Pretty bad. And I'm yeah. so, I will burn bad. any VHS copy. Totally. Yeah. Well, this was before YouTube and all of that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank God. It could find yeah. a way. It will find a way. Don't worry. Someone will Google it. By the way, for the record, Jack the Last Victim turned out really well. Like Phil Peel, the director of that, He, I mean, he gave me my first my first opportunity and it was great. And I'm sorry if I let you down, Phil. <laughs> he obviously doesn't um, feel that. No. Well, yeah. So anyway, so it just kept going, and I was um, kind of frustrated by the kind of things I was being seen for, and um. And what were they? Why well, were just stuff like sexy girls and like the girlfriends and all of that, and I just thought this is such bollocks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm just not at all interested. And once you kind of get beyond um, getting into your mid twenties, where you kind of start to lose your, that vanity. That yeah. most of us have, where you, you know you want to be attractive or whatever. And once you start getting over yourself at yeah. that, I just thought this is just so boring. And I just thought, and this is this is weird. I don't like it, but I don't really know what to do about it. And then, hence, the writing came along. So, um, so you started writing your own. Roles, yeah, yeah. Because I just thought I wanna. I didn't know what it was at the time, and now hindsight is a wonderful thing. And what it was is mm. that I wanted to see women on screen that I in Jessica Chastain's words is that I recognise and I wasn't being presented with that with the scripts I was given at the time and I really really wanted to do something about that and also I wanted to have stuff on my reel that I felt was good casting 
yeah. for me rather than because um, I wasn't getting choice. I sure. just had to take whatever I was given. And there was like some commercials and I did like a, um, you know, the oh, Suchusa. I did one of those commercials oh, nice. where I was like basically a walking pair of tits. And I just thought, this is <laughs> not... And it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious. And the guys, the, Look, they were Mom, fantastic I'm guys. A, I know. I'm a pair of tits. <laughs> My big moment, everybody. Yeah, so that's how When Hit Girls came about. And uh, again, a similar thing happened to me with Hit Girls. So the first producer who took Hit Girls on was not Rosie Fellner. So she wasn't the first one. So mm-hmm. it was someone else. And he had read the script and loved the script and was like, what am I? What do I have to do to get it? And I just said, well, I'd like to be in it. And he was like, oh, well, mm, I don't know. Mm, yeah, I think I've, I think you're probably a good enough actress wow. to do it. And I was like, wow, wow. oh my God. That's horrible. And I was still... Do you you reckon, though, I think there's also an element that they're worried, which probably Neil went through as well, that you're going to interfere with the process because you're acting in it, you know? And And it can be very... I suppose some people would interfere. That's the thing. Sure. And it can be very difficult to convince people. You're probably in a a dangerous position if you don't know it. I I mean, I've often worked with performer slash writers Mm -hmm. and and I like that because you've got Mm. a free writer on set the whole time. It's great. And if you're up against it, hey, let's quickly rethink this right now, you know, before... um, So it works well for me. But some people I would imagine think, well, I'm... Basically, handing all of the mm. power to this one mm. or maybe one person. Mm. So maybe that's a that could be a, a, a yeah. Maybe, yeah, and yeah. I think that's a valid concern, and I think that is probably why I don't. I'm not interested in the producing side, even though I understand why going forward I have to be a producer. But if by name but only, it'll be secret, secret, because it's so hard to see your work being taken by someone. And, you know, because we all think we're precious little snowflakes and you think you've written this masterpiece and then someone has a different take on it. And that's just how it goes. And that's how, that, should, that should be how it goes. But, you know, I was so young and so green and, and you, don't, you just don't realise, you don't understand the process. And I hadn't done enough film to understand the process from start to finish either. So that was an amazing education. Mm-hmm. And eventually that all, that all didn't happen. And then Rosie took the project over and then... Adrian Vittoria obviously directed it and mm-hmm. you know we've lo- we lost him last year and he was just the most amazing guy and I learned so much from them watching that and watching Rosie go through the process of producing I think it I'm not sure if it was the first time for her but one of the first times she ever produced anything mm-hmm. and just sitting back and, and taking notes and it was just the most enlightening experience and also that's why I love so much about working with you because Emily, pointing to you Emily. Yeah, Emily. Pointing to Emily. Pointing to me. Not the rest of us. <laughs> no, all of you. She did a round table <laughs> point and ended on you. <laughs> because I couldn't do what you are able to do. I'm not a very good people manager. And Emily is the best people manager I have ever seen in my life. Well, so, you know. You and Alex Ferguson. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> She's a good achievement. We worked together on well, how I met Gillian was on a, a, a film called Three Minute Moments, mm. which was uh, a, a joyous occasion, a joyous like a speed occasion. dating film, which we were in. And then, which is much more impressive, we worked on Gravity together. Yes. 
Yes, you oh, did. Of course, yeah. yes. Oh, this yeah. Since the previous. So, I'm the, so, yeah, yeah. so we, we did a podcast, podcast fans. We, just, we, did, we talked to Mark Sanger, the editor. Right. Brilliant, brilliant. Which if you haven't listened to, yeah. do check out Great. episode 10. It's fantastic. He talks about working with Michael Bay and obviously Alfonso Coron. It's wonderful. And we talk about... And, and, but mostly we talk about working with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, did he let the cat out of the bag then? Is that what happened? Yeah, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know he the did. story. It came yeah, out he did. I had not really told anyone. No, me neither. I might have kind of like, you know, like to trust the people. Said, like, yeah, 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 but it's like, all right, I told everybody. Everyone in this room. So many checks. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Because he was saying that your DNA is very much, you know, we can quote him, he said it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Your DNA is in the movie. Because... I haven't actually explained what, what, I don't oh, know, yeah, let's go, yeah, explain so, what we're yeah, talking go about. So, um, I, I've known Mark for a while and I actually forget how we know each other but basically I think I worked on his brother's film first or something like that and that we just got to know that each other that way. familiar so it might be Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, I think, I think that's right. I can't remember who, which brother I met first but they're yeah. both awesome. And he sent me this random email one day saying so I've got this this thing that I kind of need like you know do you want to come and help me out and I was like yeah sure whatever like having no random idea what it was fine. And uh, it turned out to be Gravity and but at the time, of course, it wasn't Gravity, the Oscar-winning. It was just oh, like no, it was coming just, to read these lines. I mean, it was a sci-fi obviously, called Gravity. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I knew who, I knew who the crew were and all that. So mm-hmm. I was very impressed. But I just thought it was. You know, but you knew those... you were going to be there delivering those lines in the. You were the previous. You knew yeah. that they told you you're going to be the previous. Yeah, eventually. Actress. So what, and what it was was the uh, listeners uh, that uh, they were had to sort of pitch the film to Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. To get the green light effectively, yes, but yeah. they needed yeah. to breathe life into these pictures, and they needed the so actors delivering. Right. Yeah. So interesting, they had to obviously have a performance there to, yeah. to sell it. And I think you guys, from what I gather, do you know what it was one of the most stressful things? Do you remember it, Jets? Because mm-hmm. we, well, the NDA was was next Huge. level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, it was NDA honestly. You've kept to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Now, does it? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't our fault. It was Mark. <laughs> Yeah. Once it comes out, you're all right, right? Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. surely, yeah. Yeah, Sandra's Oscar. Yeah, Sandra's Oscar belongs to me. Yeah. So because it's set in space, though, the, the it doesn't really count because obviously the the contracts yes. for Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because so, it's set up there, the known universe. Yeah, the known universe. It's yeah. null and void. Oh, null and void. And why have we been quiet for all these oh, years? Yeah. How long did it take to do to do what you? Oh, I can't remember. Not long. It wasn't that long. No, not at all. No. But I remember sitting. I, I didn't even have a paper copy of the script. It was literally on a laptop. Oh, wow. And I had to learn it, American accent, and go for it. Oh, and yeah, it was I was going to say, you have to do the acting. Yeah, 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 yeah. In front of yeah. the camera, just, yeah. just looking down the lens as if we were doing And it, was, it, it wasn't a, oh, these actors are playing these roles, doing that no, stuff. No, 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 we just, weren't. Just, it was... I, well, yeah, at the well, time, it was, it was Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. So yeah. you OSC, right? Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I was. I think I was, that's how Mark sold that to me. Up. I think he was like, oh, because Robert Downey you he's going to he's gonna listen to your voice. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm there. Yeah. Like, Robert I'll do Downey, it. Yeah. What, so, was Clooney performing to your voice in his ear? Or by then? No, no. Um, no. So, they got shown the film with us yes. sort of semi performing it in some way. That to, mortifies me, I to, have to say. To, to get them to say yes and also yeah. I think the Warner's I top mean, brass watched it to sign so to, to yeah. sign up and went yes wow. we'll, we'll do it but not with these two yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. get those two fuckers yeah. out yeah. and then we'll, yeah. we'll get see get those something. two amateurs out <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> What so, those accents? Who gave her first job? Her dad. Because <laughs> he'd asked me, um, do you can you recommend someone yeah. for the guy? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, 
I know loads of people and I just worked with you I was like Jazz is great why don't you ring him Perfect. and then the rest, I got this the rest is history yeah. yeah so that's our gravity story and that's yeah. so Oscar winners yeah. we are wow. technically yeah. Oscar well, winners I'm just going to take it you yeah. said award winning excuse me yeah. Yeah. So. That, that it, I didn't mention Oscar there but I should, I, I'll drop it in later The Stolen is out in cinemas oh. now you can go see it it's do, wonderful do, it's do it. brilliant uh, thestolenmovie.com is all the details for the movie mm-hmm. and the booking goodbye well listen yeah. thank you very much for joining us oh, all pleasure. of you really appreciate your time thanks very much You're welcome. thank you very much thank you thank you, thank you. Thank you for having pleasure us.